Did you grow up saying, when I'm a mom, I'll do things differently? Only to become a mom and recognize it's difficult to do things differently. Hi, I am Anna Munoz and welcome to the Mother Within podcast. My intention is to share tips, tools, and personal experience so you may connect with the Mother Within and experience an authentic, transformational way of mothering. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to a whole new episode of the Mother Within podcast. I'm excited for this episode. Um, and that's because today we're going to be talking about Pitocin. Now, we're not going to go down into the evidence of Pitocin for that. If you are interested, I do recommend checking it out on the Evidence-Based Birth podcast. I'm sure they have many episodes on Pitocin um, and that. Rather, how to prepare for Pitocin. Now, that is probably a weird way of introducing this because you're probably like, but Anna, I want to know more about Pitocin. And that's great, but that's a question for your doula. And, and, and I know there's going to be back and forth questions with it. So it's not so much that. It's more of, let me just bring you down to my own experience with it. So um, in my birth, I was experiencing a very pleasurable experience. Um, I was in the moment I was in the zone it was everything was progressing very nicely like birth was just labor was just beautiful for me it was very I'd even go as far to say very orgasmic um which in the beginning of my pregnancy journey I was like oh I'd love this but I think that's a unicorn and then as I read books and realized like you know one in four women could experience this based on you know Ina Mae Gardner's um book and her own experience and numbers that she's um that she's kept I'm like okay this is very possible and I created that for myself and it was beautiful and my my contractions were coming on you know very frequently everything was progressing nicely um and then we got to the pushing stage and when I got to my pushing stage um I I don't even know what came up uh, like in my brain but you know things just stopped progressing I was in labor land and you know it was just you know it was it was a wild experience but I never felt pain I felt the intensity of the contractions and at the same time I knew it was of my body and so it was never painful because I had convinced myself that my body would never give me something I couldn't handle so everything my body gave me in contractions was I was capable of overcoming and riding through so the contractions were intense but they were not painful and it's a very clear distinction between both of them and so it was all going very wonderful until I got to the pushing stage and then that's when things started to take a turn um my contractions began to space out they began began to become infrequent and their durations from my understanding were fluctuating and um, we'd reached a point in my home birth where we recognized that it was perhaps going to be better for us if we transferred over to a hospital and we did and when I got to the hospital I was still in labor land and the funny thing about being in labor land is that how we can expect mothers and birthing people to um to be cognizant of any decisions that we make is it's pretty it's it's a very thin line 
you know, until you've been in labor land and you understand like, wow, like how you can expect me to make a decision in this moment. It's pretty funny because as a birth doula, I was trained that I don't make decisions for you, right? You make your decisions for yourself. And that's why there's an importance in birth plans, right? Because we could look at the birth plan and we know what the mom wants and it's all been predetermined, right? Um, so we transferred to the hospital. Things are still like babies settle down. I'm settled down. We're doing fine. It's just a matter of these contractions were now becoming more and more separate. And so I remember in my labor land, experience consenting to Pitocin but the minute I said yes I just continued to be in labor land and so I forgot that I had said yes until the Pitocin entered my body when the Pitocin entered my body it was a fiery red train that like just like stormed like full speed stormed into my birth and then took it over and that's when I started to feel pain because as a doula, I knew, oh, previously I was experiencing oxytocin. And oxytocin is, it's made by my body. And so my body's creating this. And so my body's in control of it. So my body's giving me what I can handle. But when the Pitocin came in, when my birth doula turned on, my birth doula brain turned on, she said to me, Anna, it's in your blood. You can't do anything because it's in your blood like at this point you just have to surrender and she's just there for the taking and that's where I felt the pain and that's where I was like the fiery red like push this thing out of my body my baby no longer was my partner she was just the thing that I had to push out to ensure that I could get rid of the pitocin that was flowing through my body and the funny thing is that in my experience, every time I've spoken about a Pitocin experience with other people who have experienced it, it's a very similar um, story that we share with one another where we're just like, my God, like Pitocin's like, it's wild. It's a wild experience. It's, it's a wild one. And the thing about Pitocin is that, you know, I've attended births where where you get to a hospital and they're like, oh, this is great. Your body's doing wonderful, but let's give it Pitocin so that you can continue to, to like, like continue to progress, right? Where as a young doula, um, and the fact that like the mom made this decision before I got to the hospital, I was just like, all right. And I was pre, this was pre baby. So I didn't know, I didn't know any better. Um, but I watched this mom just deliver like just ride every contraction with the pitocin and like do it all without the epidural and it was now I'm just I'm fascinated by this mom because I'm just like you don't understand how freaking amazing and strong and capable you are because pitocin and oxytocin are two completely different things oxytocin your body is controlling it the whole time pitocin is a constant drip that like once you're on it like you're on it um and so it's just it's wild it is wild you know the the major consensus has been this is a wild experience and so this episode is all about how can you you know how can you prepare for this if pitocin is something that may potentially be in your future and so the number one thing is i implore you to learn 
as much as you can about Pitocin. Learn about, you know, how it's used, you know, whether you're getting an induction and if you're getting an induction, talk to your provider as to like, okay, at what point do, you know, do you introduce the Pitocin or do you have other, you know, ways of starting the induction prior to the Pitocin? Once you start the Pitocin, do you turn it off? Is it possible to turn it off? If there's a negative outcome where your child, you can see, is it responding to it well, or you're not responding to it well, do you guys turn it off and give your body a chance to slow down from it? Um, it's really funny because in the induction world, um, they, they call it a, oh, the terminology is, is, it's as a linguistic lover, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but I don't mean it in like, it's, it's darkly beautiful because they call it a failed induction, right? They call it, call it a failed induction, but as a previous and you know as a previous episode where we talked about failure right a failed induction okay but but where was the failure really because there's some people who get an induction that you're just like but baby why did you get why like did you really need this induction or was it still too early and was it more of a failure on our side to be patient and see if baby could come right? There's some people who get an induction, you know, at 38, 39 weeks, and it's like, but is it medically necessary to have this induction? Um, and so the failure to induce, um, it's a failed induction. It, it's just, it's a funny term for me because was it a failed induction or was it a failure to be patient um, in some cases? And so my number one tip for you is to learn as much about Pitocin if this is the route that you're potentially going down. And I mean that in the sense that there are a lot of resources out there. If you have a doula, she may have access access to EBB um, behind the scenes and they will have a lot of information, studies, resources to guide you down understanding what are pito- what is Pitocin and understanding that there's always a risk and benefits to each side. And understanding that... Um, that Pitocin, like an epidural, it's a tool. It's neither good nor bad. Now, our experience of that tool is different to understanding that Pitocin itself is neither good or bad. My experience with Pitocin was, oh my God, I freaking hate this thing. And if I could avoid it in any future pregnancies, I will do absolutely everything. But as I mentioned, the mom who experienced Pitocin throughout her whole labor, she doesn't know any differently so she was like okay this is great I can do without naturally and you know in future births she has nothing bad to say about Pitocin right um so so our experience with Pitocin individually you know is our own experience individually where I'm just like that thing is freaking a roller coaster of a ride but Pitocin itself is a tool, and with that, it is neither good nor bad. It is more of a question of when is it being introduced and understanding when is it being introduced, right? There is such a thing as getting it too early compared to getting it too late. Well, in Pitocin world, too late, I don't think that there is a too late with the Pitocin, but um, with an epidural, completely different conversation but there is such a thing as too early too late type of thing um so it's neither a good nor a bad thing it's just a timing 
thing. And so learn as much as you can about pitocin. Learn what it is. Learn the method of getting it. Learn the method of your body metabolizing it. And learn what are the pros and the cons of it. And ask your provider, if I start to show that I'm not handling it well, will you guys bring it down? At what dosage do you guys begin presenting it to my body? Is there too much or too low Do you guys watch and observe, like, at what point could this potentially risk me into a cesarean? My tip number two for, you know, preparing yourself to have Pitocin is have a conversation prior to labor with your provider so you could understand at what point do they recommend it. How do they use it? And if potentially possible, ask them what are their stats in using Pitocin, right? Because there is such a thing in the birthing world as um gaslighting or what is the other word um bait and switch there is such a thing in the birthing world called bait and switch where it is very commonly known for providers to be like yeah 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 we do natural births we do tubs we do essential oils we do you know we do we start off with gentle inductions and then you know we ease our way up to other things right and then when you're so far progressed in your pregnancy not your labor but in your pregnancy where it's more difficult for you to switch providers then they start to introduce the topics of you know, baby looks too big, so we're going to have to talk about an induction, or we're going to have to talk about a cesarean, right? So what I mean about having this conversation early on with your provider and see if you could see their stats are is that their statistics will not lie, right? So you could start to see, like, how frequently do they use Pitocin, and how frequently do they have cesareans? So you could start to understand how likely are you to experience that with this provider, And the earlier on you do this, the earlier on you can figure out whether or not this is a provider you want to continue with or you want to swap over to someone else who's what they're saying to you match the statistics they're providing to you. One of my favorite thing in choosing my midwife was that on the day one, she gave us all of the, it was like statistics overloads, but I was like, you know what? You sold me on that because you're very upfront with your numbers. Um, and you know, that was something that was important to me. I don't know if it is something that's important to you, but it's something that in my experience with Pitocin, where I want you, if you have to experience, that is something that you experience this because it was just necessary as opposed to exposing you to this when all we needed was patience. All, all we needed is, was a more gentle, um, a more gentle approach. So my two tips learn about Pitocin as much as you can in detail, have a birth doula, and then number two, have a conversation with your provider so you can understand how quickly are they to jump to the Pitocin gun and how likely are they to be like, all right, like this is break it or make it, you know, we're going to do the Pitocin. So if you found this episode very insightful, I hope you feel free to share this with your expecting friends, um, share with, you know, friends, relatives, everyone. And um, you can feel free to leave me a comment or review um, or even DM me, send me a DM about your Pitocin experience. I always welcome your Pitocin experience because it's something that I love to process and I love to see what other people's experiences are. I hope you have a wonderful night, day or night, wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to our next episode. Bye.